All right, hello everyone. I am sitting here with Derek Nadal. He is the creator of the Youngstown Flea. How are you, Derek? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Good, good. So we are gearing up for the Flea coming up on September 8th. Yes. And I was fortunate enough, and I appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. Uh, I just had a few quick questions, and I'd like you to elaborate however you seem fit. So, Absolutely. So, I mean, to get the ball rolling, what made you start the flea in the first place? You know, I, I was doing some freelance uh, consulting, helping build a business for uh, Harley-Davidson in Austin town, and got the unique opportunity to do a lot of traveling. I went to, you know, areas like Miami and LA and Chicago and DC and, you know, often in that business travel, I got a chance to have some downtime. And so I would just peruse through different cities and find myself in spaces where, you know, Miami, where you could walk down a back alleyway and find, you know, a graffiti artist on the side of a building or a small party in the back lot of a, a building or, you know, and then I saw, you know, a parking lot full of like 40 food trucks. And it was just, I wanted it all. You know, I was just hungry instantly. And then uh, after some of that travel, I would come home uh, only to, to just kind of be left with the idea of where is that in our city? And it wasn't, my thought wasn't that we had a shortage of those amenities, only in that no one kind of took the leap of faith to build a platform to expose those amenities. So I just knew in choosing even the location downtown next to the Cavelli Center that that big open parking lot was more like our Broadway stage. And that, that the first flea in April of 2016 was gonna be like pulling back the curtains to a major production. And I just knew that was our, that was our launch into something different something that could show people that this community has uh, a rich history of entrepreneurship, has uh, the makers and the creatives and the doers and the dreamers, just like any other city I had gone to, and that all they needed was an opportunity to present themselves to their own community, and I knew that they would be well received. So I just took that leap of faith. And how has that, uh, how has that leap of faith progressed since the conception in April of 2016 with your first fleet to coming up now, September 8th, uh, 2018, how have you seen it uh, grow? It's been tremendous, man. Like, you know, we call this season three. I know this isn't Netflix, but we enjoy just documenting the growth of not only the size that we began with, with 38 vendors to now almost 70 plus vendors each month and, and counting. Uh, we've, we've grown in the way of of a community reception. You know, we, we continue to see more and more people coming from different areas. Uh, we had just in July, a vendor come from Detroit to participate. I mean, she drove three hours. And on that same day, uh, there was a group of girls taking a photo in front of our large banner for the flea that we had. And I asked to get a picture of them and they were just kind of doing their own thing. But I said, hey, I got to get a photo of my, for my own, yeah. uh, you know, uh, archives. And I just asked, hey, where are you guys from? And they said, Philly. And I said, like Philadelphia on the street on the south side of Youngstown? And they go, no, Philadelphia, PA. And I go, wow. And so uh, 
and, and they were in the community for you know, the festival that was going on at the B&O as well, the music festival, the Fiction Forest Fest. But they said this is the second time they had been to the flea. I've had people coming to the flea that said they were in town from Canada, and, and a friend from the area recommended that they had to get here. So it's not just a growth that we measure in the size of our vendors or the size of our audience. It's, it's the reach that we're having where other vendors are wanting to participate from other areas as far as Akron and Canton and Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, so, you know, the word on the street is getting out there that the Youngstown fleet and the Youngstown area as a market is viable and they should go check it out. And it's leading people our way that wouldn't have ordinarily been, I mean, you can't imagine how many people that we house that have never been to Youngstown. Oh, I can who, who find it as this cool little place that they need to get back to. So do you think that this flea is, a, is an opportunity for not only locals, but people from around the country, obviously, to be exposed um, to the history of Youngstown? How do you feel with the camaraderie of downtown business in relation also with the Youngstown flea? But have you noticed uh, a progressiveness with the community downtown? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, we, we tout ourselves obviously as a, as a, as a local lover of, of all things Youngstown, but it speaks volumes that people from other areas want to come and participate and attend. So I hope that the audience and community gets that that's a great thing for our community. You know, I know sometimes we can have our sandbox and, and we want to keep it to ourselves, but but we definitely want to be inviting. And there are a number of examples of, of businesses and stakeholders in the community that partner with us in a number of different ways. I know, you know the owner of Susie's, you know, Christian O'Donnell's, all those things that he owns. Him and his wife are very familiar with what a flea is. Um, in their extensive travels, they understand it. And they were, they've been on board since day one. And so, you know, they'll share the posts, they'll, they'll rally the troops, they'll send people our way, they'll give advice. Uh, people like Phil Kidd, who've, who, who's been a champion of this city since day one. Uh, you know, the city itself, people like RJ, when it comes to the city of view and, and, and lending those resources to saying, hey, we can do a partnership between the flea and the city of view. Um, and so people who are vested in downtown, and not just downtown, but throughout the community, because there's a lot of area you know, churches and pastors and organizations that love the flea, um, and it may not, you may not always see them there, but behind the scenes, they're pulling strings to help support in different ways that are easy for them. And so I think that's a wonderful thing. Could we do more? Sure. I think we've got to think much more collectively. You know, I think collaborate and collective and community are three different words and how they apply. I'm after community, and community's tough. You know, community's fun, but community can be challenging in the ways that you don't always get to control. You know, it's like, you know, you buy a home, you don't always get to control your neighbors. Like them or love them, how they keep their lawn may not be how you keep your lawn, but you've got to find ways to collectively move forward. And so, yeah, there are stakeholders in the area that, that have their own space that they're working in. Uh, people like the Soap Gallery, Daniel Rauschenbaugh, Stephen Polis, I mean, they've been wonderful advocates of the flea and myself personally as well and I've tried to reciprocate that to those organizations and individuals too. That's awesome. Um, 
I know that you guys get a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of local vendors and a lot, of, uh, a few that I know personally even um, make their own valuables or what, sure. what they're selling. What have been some of the things you've seen come through or some things that you were pretty taken aback by that you saw people creating in the area and selling? You know, when I see things that exceed expectation, candle makers like Melissa from 1820 House who find themselves on Anthropology's website, and she has a retail shop in East Palestine. I mean, that is just one example that I'd love to tout over and over and over again. When you have uh, a culinary chef like you know, Aubrey, who has Whip by Aubrey, who makes macarons. I mean, those are some of the most difficult treats to make, and she whips them out literally like nothing. I mean, it's, you know, play on words, but it's like Whip by Aubrey should be global, in my opinion. You know, it's like the care and love that she puts into her product. And then you'll find regional vendors, again, that are coming from, you know, North Canton, and it's a bladesmith, and, and makes the handles uh, for the blades as well as the blades themselves. A jewelry maker that, that takes glass from busted out car windows and creates these things that are just like to die for. Um, you know, the leather makers like Wyatt who runs Dreadnought, you know, it's like I see this guy's creations and I'm just like, man, I mean, if we could scale this thing, you know, to get people to appreciate artwork like Daniel Rochenbaugh paints for it. You know, or, or, or Gary Teneri from the area, these large scale eight foot paintings that I'd need a new home to just display it. You know, it's, it's, it's such great quality that even my home's not up to par for it. Uh, those are just the things that I just, I can't help but pointing out and falling in love with and wanting to introduce other people to. That's awesome, that's awesome. And that's a really good segue into uh, my next question, which is where where do you see it in five years then from now? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, I'm so excited to evolve with how the city's evolving. Um, definitely being next to Cavelli is an advantage. I mean, that's our major amphitheater. It draws thousands of people and, and, and it's an easy landmark for us to point people to. But with the build out of YSU's campus and the increase of population there with student housing. Um, you look at the $34 million project that is the Double Tree Hotel, and then you start planning the amphitheater that's coming soon, and the boardwalk that they're trying to create from Cavelli under the Market Street Bridge over to that amphitheater and the green spaces that they're talking and then you get to dream about where we can take the fleet to occupy a space similar to you see like a Pittsburgh that does its Three Rivers Fest or, or you know, Sharon Water Fire, you know, where you get the whole community involved in different areas of arts and entertainment. So it's not just about the fleet, I think. I mean, we're still in phase one of what we're trying. Yeah. And oftentimes people are like, well, what's phase two? And I'm like, well, you got to make room for phase 1.1. Yeah. It's kind of like iOS software updates. You know, we just continue to evolve as the city evolves. And, you know, some ways we've done that is branching out and, and having our holiday market inside the Dior. Uh, that pairs up with the city's tree lighting and, and uh, parade. 
we attempted uh, and, and did a very good thing inside the Masonic Temple as well. Um, and that space was cool right close to Christmas. We did a procrastinator's market just for those last minute gift ideas and that worked really well. We're, we're solidifying a opportunity right on YSU's campus in partnership with Namaste and the Yo inside the Watson Trestle Center. So not only are we occupying a space right next to our major convention center with the Cavellian doing really well there, we're starting to get transient. We're starting to see if audiences want to follow us into cool spaces and bring the flea to different communities and different parts of the city that that allow us to introduce ourselves to new audiences. So there's a ton of things on the horizon. Yeah, no, fantastic exposure. And based off of your, your earlier statement, what made you want to start the flea in the first place? Have you noticed that, that camaraderie outside of the flea itself within the city? So, so that appeal that you mentioned um, walking down an alley and noticing graffiti or seeing, you know, vendors. I mean, are you, are you seeing more of that? Even, um, for example, YSU has the largest freshman enrollment in history. Sure. So, so do you, are signs pointing towards progress, in your opinion? Oh, absolutely. And I think we have to do a better job of recognizing them and pointing them out. I know President Tressel probably helped shape my mentality around that in just one simple statement he made at the the first uh, city club of the Mahoning Valley that they hosted at Stambaugh. And one of the things he said was, and I don't think he meant it in any kind of ill way, but he mentioned that they were seeing an uptick in people um, commenting on the construction of Wick Avenue and that it was causing you know, people to have to detour and go around. And rather than frame it as a negative, he challenged in that meeting to say, why don't we ask ourselves when the last time we had to close off any street for construction, which meant growth was happening. And so we have to do a better job of recognizing that a street closure for expansion or upgrades is a great thing. And the small inconvenience that it may have, but is leading to that progress that we're looking for. We can't quash those things. We have to be a part of selling that in a positive way. Yeah. You, know, you have the chill can plant that's happening right on the east side. Those are things that we need to look at and say, wow, we've got an abundance of land in this community. Rather than saying, well, all we've got is a bunch of empty lots and yeah. abandoned houses. You go to New York and see if they're complaining about how much land they don't have at this point and how yeah. much opportunity for space that they don't have. And we sit and complain about how much we do have. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's in the eye of the beholder and the perspective that you want to see it through and the lens that you're processing this by. Okay. Yeah. And on your website, you mentioned it's a flea, not a flea market. Do you mind elaborating? Yeah, I think uh, we can so easily judge a book by its cover. And so perceptions become reality. For whatever reason, we are rooted in our perceptions. And so because this community has only known a certain type of market, uh, we assume everything must be a flea market, which can be presumed as a place you take your you know, garage sale items or when I'm cleaning out my attic or, or uh, you know, show up that day with a car full of you know, stuff you got from an estate sale and get yourself a space and resell it to people. And we want to clarify for people that we're a very well curated 
um, you know, application selection process oriented market, and we're looking for the best of the best. No different than an employer wants the best employees. And that's important because Youngstown, because of all the outside perceptions of everything that's gone on in this community, we need every opportunity to put our best foot forward. So yes, we're gonna tout that we're not a flea market. We're gonna reclaim that word and we're gonna drop off that market and we're gonna say, we're a flea. And a lot of times people say, well, what's the difference? And I just challenge them with, come and see. No, that's, that's a great way of very clear and to the point. Yeah. Coming up, uh, I know you have a campaign or a project, Reclaim Your Identity. I don't, know, I'm not, I don't know enough to continue with it, but I'd love to hear some more of it from you. Sure, just quickly, um, you know, this month, September 19th, 2018, will mark 41 years since the closure of the Mills. And it goes along with my previous statement regarding uh, the, the difference between a flea and a flea market. It's perception. And for 41 years, the, the, not only has the outside world, but even internally, we have uh, allowed the narrative of the closing of the mills to cloud our identity. And that was an industry. Uh, but our true identity is what that industry was rooted out of. Our true identity is we're entrepreneurs. And we only need to look to all the other examples of that to prove that it's true. Because when I see Arby's, which was started in this area, go out and buy BW3s for $5 billion, and then I learned that the expansion of Handel's ice cream goes well beyond the Midwest, that we're now seeing them expanding more and more to the West Coast. And it was started in a back alley on the south side of Youngstown and still thrives there. When we look at the Warner Brothers Theater, which we use for the flea as the holiday flea, what we know as the Dior, I mean, Good Humor Ice Cream, Ross Radio Company, I mean, the, the, the inventor, I mean, the 49ers come to this area every year for a camp because of the DeBartlow Corporation, and Cafaro Company, when you see Panera and all these, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of reminding ourselves of what built this, and it wasn't just steel. That is a major, major rich foundation and resource that helped build the foundation of this country. Not just this community, but this country. But if we remind ourselves that what led us to that discovery of that iron ore that eventually turned into the steel mills, it was our entrepreneurial mentality that creative thinking, that solutions finding, and if we can just reclaim that identity. So the initiative I'm after is to stand on the steps of City Hall downtown and proclaim with a resolution from City Council and a proclamation from the mayor that September 19th, 2018, will no longer just be known as Black Monday, the day the mills were closed. I want it to be known that this is the day we reclaimed our identity, that identity of entrepreneurs, because it's out of identity that we can then begin to shape people's perception about our community. And you wonder 
how you get Amazon here, you convince them that you know your identity. Yeah. You know your rich history. You know your value. You know your worth. You have a masterful control of your resources and assets. And you share that. And I guarantee you, you'll start seeing companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon start taking these areas seriously. Yeah. With the Mahoning River, and I mean, <laughs> let's run down the list, man. I don't even know if we have to do it. We, yeah. we know it. We just have to reclaim it and remember it. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic way of putting it. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you. Derek, I really appreciate your time. Is there thank anything uh, closing as far as the fleet times? And it's coming up September 8th, this Saturday. Are there any times or anything you'd like to share? September 8th, 10 to 4, we start with yoga. You know, come relax yourself before you empty your pockets and fill your belly. Um, but we, we certainly always want to remind our vendors, that we love them, and we love partnering with each of them, and that we love the community and each of them that support us every time we come out. And so I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity. I, I try not to take credit where credit's not due. And so those spaces of those we partner with and those that support us, I, I just say I'm thankful for. And I appreciate every person that comes out, every share that we get on social media, every news outlet that's ever covered the show. Um, and I just look forward to, you know, growing with this city. That's awesome. Is there any uh, social media accounts or media accounts you'd like to mention? At Youngstown Flea on anything. Okay. Youngstownflea.com, at Youngstown Flea on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Awesome. So Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Derek. I appreciate it. Thank Have you so much. Day. You too.